Good evening. Uh, welcome to Access All Areas podcast. Tonight, uh, we continue our Club 92 journey. Uh, we're ticking off another one with a uh, Man United fan with us tonight. We've got Tom uh, on with us and he's going to talk about all things United, touch upon some football shirts and probably talk about some other stuff as well. Uh, I'm glad to, to say that we've also in partnership tonight with ccfcfanstore.co.uk and for one night only, Manchester United or M- Man United fanstore.co.uk as well. Tom, before I bring you in, how are you? How's everything going for you, mate? Good evening. Yeah, uh, really good. Thank you. Um, it's been uh, a long year. <laughs> um, yeah, and um, in this, yeah, it's it's good. It's good to be here. Um, it's nice to be on the podcast. So thank you very much for for the invite and having me no, on. No. Thank you. Thanks as all ours, mate. You're doing us a favour by coming on and talking about United. You know, I think one of the big things is is trying to get you on. I know that from speaking to you on Twitter that, that you guys love United and you've got a great collection of United shirts. And I'm not going to touch upon that yet. I think one of the big things is that as we start is clearly we know United. So how did you get to support United, mate? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> as probably a few of you can already tell already for listening is that that's not a Mancunian accent that's coming across. <laughs> uh, so across that's a standard Manchester United fan then? And, and you know what? That that was something that I had written down already. That I'm probably the typical Manchester United fan, not from the area, <laughs> from elsewhere in the country. Um, the, the there's a couple of reasons why I fell in love with Manchester United. And for those of you thinking glory supporter, yeah, you're probably right. It's certainly an element of that to it. Um, the the first game I remember watching was the uh, United Chelsea FA Cup final. Uh, which United won 4-0, a couple of goals from from Husey. And at the time, I didn't really know the significance of it. Um, I knew it was a cup final and the trophy parade and stuff like that at the end. And I was sat down watching it with my dad. And um, for me, in the way that I guess pictured it, it was very simple red versus blue. I didn't realise it was Manchester. I didn't know about the, the geography, didn't know where Charles was based in London. It was, it was one team versus the other. So... You know, maybe a Chelsea one. I could have been. Oh my God, I could have been a Chelsea fan, <laughs> um, which, which sounds which sounds horrific to me now. But um, that sort of started my love affair with the club. Um, and, and beyond that, there were other um, children um, of my age as well, who sort of lived in the street, who we kicked the ball about a bit with, and they seemed to know a bit more about the game than I did. Um, and they also were wearing Manchester United shirts. And again, because they were wearing bread and they loved that club too. I slowly fell in love with it too. Um, and once you have that love and affinity with a club, um, it's very difficult to turn that off. In fact, you don't turn it off. You stay yeah. you stay loyal to them, um, whether from the area or not. But that was where my connection certainly um, originated from. And yeah, that's my love for the club. So, so simply from one games, have you got any family that support United? Was it literally just you? Uh, it's literally just me, my mum's, <laughs> so you're going to enjoy this, but from uh, the mum's side of my family are from the northeast. Um, they're predominantly Mackhams, but my mum has a zero interest in football. And some of the other um, um, family from that area, are, if they're not Mackhams, then they're Geordies. But none of that um, northeast bloodline sort of fell my way, much to the horror of that side of the family. Um then from my dad's side, funnily enough, he is, my dad is a Mancunian. Right. 
and he supports the blue half. Oh, family ties and family history then. So, so, so it's a nice, it's a nice segue straight away to to the game, then, isn't it? I suppose because it's a big, it's a big derby game. I think this this weekend is that. There is, and I'm very nervous um, because Man City are and have been for a while the better half of the city. Ooh, um, must be, it must be hard to, to swallow and say that as well, mate. Too. Uh, it is, um, but I'm also I like to think I'm sort of fairly level-headed with with these types of things, and I, I can accept and know when when you're beaten, um, and I can accept and also know when other sides are, are better, both in quality and and in play. Um, that all being said is not me saying that I think that's a defeat already. I just very aware of the the quality of coaching, the quality of players, um, and some of the, you know, the, the, the general overall play that Man City do. I mean, they come off the back of hammering Club Bruges uh, 4-1 yeah. this week. Uh, and then United, on the other hand, have absolutely stumbled to a 2-2 draw away at Atalanta, having only the week before, again, stumbled to a last gasp, um, 3-2 win. Um, at, at home at Old Trafford, and and the difference in styles is is quite clear. Um, and and like I said, that all being said, there's still an element, and I will always believe in every game that well, we can nick something here, we can do something here. But as long as we get the tactics right, as long as we can get the play right, bit of luck, bit of rubber, the green go our way. Um, I wouldn't mind another red card like Palace had against <laughs> against City at the weekend, for example. And, and anything can happen in sport, right? Anything can happen in football. But I think if you were to ask plenty, I think their eggs would be in Man City's basket. Um, and when I'm watching that game, although I think that I will 100% be wanting and willing uh, three points land United's way. It is interesting you talk about that. I suppose without sort of segueing on onto this season, uh, I don't want to talk about that yet. It, it is going to be an interesting game for that reason. The whole Manchester derby has got blown up and it obviously gets bigger and bigger each year because of, obviously, should we say, Man City having all the money now and United taking that back foot and being the, 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 the less so noisy neighbours, should we say now. Um, and it, it is interesting to see what happens. I think it's, it's still going to be a decent game to watch regardless. Do you think that Manchester derby is up there with some of the biggest derbies in the world right now because of the teams that are involved? Uh, yes. I would say it's probably the second biggest derby in the world. I'd say the first one was Liverpool, Manchester United. <laughs> Ooh. It's, in, it's interesting you say that because I, whilst, whilst there's a big friction there and they don't like each other, I still wouldn't class that as a big derby. But that's maybe that's just that's just me. That's my my prerogative of saying that. I, I think derbies really should be city to city. You know, like from a country from perspective, and I, I always get hounded for this. We've got no bloody derbies. That's why. You know, everybody goes, oh, Villa, we don't play Villa and Villa don't like us and don't really care about us because they've got Birmingham and there's nobody else. But when I see United, I always think it's United City, it's not United Liverpool because Liverpool have got Everton. You know, it's but it's it's one of those, isn't it, I suppose? Yeah, of course. And <clears throat> and actually, when you look about derbies around the world and you've got sort of like, you have your, your Real Madrid's and Barcelona's, they're not really, that's not, again, not a, a, a derby oh, yeah. per se because they're not in the same city but it's it's seen in that same magnitude river Boca, another one for example so but then you know the flip side of it is you get like the the glaswegian derby to celtic and rangers that's the same city two clubs in scotland that's similar magnitude it's 
it's tasty. Milan, another great one. Roma, Lazio, another yeah. one. You know that they're, they're, and I love that. And, and actually, you know, looking abroad and looking at those different nations across the world, because we're so neutral when we view those games, we can fully take them in and enjoy the spectacle and sort of not have those nerves and stuff. But then when it is your club, those added nerves, the the added um, occasion, the fear that you might lose points, the the elation when you do win those points, you know, those emotions, they, they can't be rivaled with when it's your own team that's going head to head in one of those derby games. Oh, I'd, I'd, love to, I'd love to agree with you and say, yeah, you're totally right, but I don't think I've ever been there with Kov and it's, it's always going to be that funny situation that we, we just haven't got that and... Uh, I, I just take the emotion that, that if we if we play a big game and play a big game and win it, that's it can only be feel like that, but more euphoric mm. because it's going to be a big big rival. But yeah, we just I, I just haven't got it to be honest. I'm going to rewind back a little bit. You said your old man was a Man City fan. Yes. Why, why are you not a Man City fan? Um, at this point, I'd love to hand over to my dad and and let him explain because um, it it sort of defies my own logic. So um, I've got two daughters and. And um, I'm starting to introduce those, both of those to to football. Yeah. Um, and my eldest one, I take along to coaching sessions on a on a on a Saturday morning. Now, I've already decked her out in United shirts, um, yeah. and there will probably be more to follow as long as well with with, with England kits. Um, so I'm already firmly planting the seeds that she's going to be a United fan in the house. Yeah. Um, and I, I I do wonder why um, that my dad didn't do something similar, but he I I think. He hadn't even been, he'd been a season ticket holder at Main Road for about three years when he was younger, he used to go along with his brothers. Okay. I think he'd fallen out of love with the game a little bit and it started to sort of be more of a fan of, of rugby in the in the, in the the 80s and the 90s. Um, and he started to rekindle his love um, for football in the 90s when I started to get back into football. Okay. Um, but by then, I think, and having played a lot of football in the streets, with the kids, um, with the kids in my in my in my area, and having um, watched that cup final and having already started my affinity with United, my dad never saw the or seized the opportunity to go through. That passage of rights did not happen. That being said, um, my my dad and I have shared some nice um, footballing moments. So. Um, in in ninety nine, clearly the the treble was the standout moment um for for me and as you as a united fan but that summer was also the summer when man city went up in the playoffs in dramatic fashion against gillingham now uh my dad watched a lot of the united games with me he used to like sit down with me and watch a little bit but he was never like that glued to it he'd always get up and maybe make a cup of tea or whatever like he was never because he was never a united fan so I, I didn't expect it and that's fine but we went dad had another fellow city supporter in the area and then we'd gone over to his to, to that particular house to watch the playoff final and um i remember uh watching the game sat down with him i remember the city going two nil down to gillingham and they were the favorites i think for the game and then i remember city getting a goal back and then i remember getting them an equalizer and i remember my dad celebrating and i'm not gonna lie i celebrated too because i was with my dad i was about what like thir- thir- 12 13 years old um they weren't really proper rivals. Well, I, I didn't see them as rivals because they were no. so many leagues below um, and they'd fallen quite far at that point. And the whole game, the whole 
jubilation. It was all that underdog stuff because they were 2-0 down and could they get back to it? And then they obviously went to the penalties and um, the um, the keeper who evades me at the time, I can picture him, but I can't remember ne- his name, but I remember him saving the penalties. I remember... Is that the, the City keeper? Was it, was it Weaver? Was it Nicky Weaver? Spot on. Yes, excellent memory. I can remember his... his blonde locks um remember him running away but yeah I, I remember all of that and I remember celebrating with my dad uh, which is, is absurd because I, I wouldn't celebrate a single city goal now um <laughs> but uh but at the time and and I hold that memory I cherish that memory because it was that was a nice time um and it was a good it was a great summer I, I, but I don't I don't blame him on that at all I don't think anybody's going to point a finger at, oh, he's, he's not he's not a true United fan because he's, he's celebrated the city you can put that into context I think okay you know what with the situation the age you were I'm, I've got no doubt I'd have done the same thing regardless you know differences with me and I look at it as this passage of rights again is my dad's a, a city fan um, Cough City that is not Man City let's talk about the right we'll be all sky blues here um, and then obviously my dad's dad was a, a Cough fan and my lad is now you know he's going to the games and he's got a season ticket so he's now six going on seven it's his first full season we're back at home and he's loving life and he's a City fan the little one who's five she's she's well, she's not into it but she wants the kits because I've got them and the little man's got them and now she's like oh I want the Coventry City kits too dad I was like and passage of rights it's going to be I suppose fortunately now we can say we're back on the up and it's nice to have that even if it's with your dad and he was a Man City fan and you had that moment because it's something as you say you, you'll, you'll remember now and take with you I'm sure he probably didn't sit and celebrate the you know a triple moment with you though probably you know it's just not really a case of like yeah let's celebrate that he's probably very much frowned at that moment yeah um, exactly very different <laughs> we've, we've talked about the earliest memories of supporting the club in terms of that cup final what what other memories have you got from supporting United? Can you remember your first game that you attended at any point, whether it's home or away, and what that felt like? Yeah, definitely. Um, and I suppose there might be a bit of trepidation when listening, thinking, is he a classic armchair fan that's never been to Old Trafford? Well, I can put that rumour to bed and say I have, I have been a few times. Um, unfortunately, never been a season ticket holder, though I'd love to, but the, the distance is a little far. But the, one of the first games I went to um, was... Uh, um Sheffield Wednesday at home uh we won 6-1 um and again for one of the first visits up to Old Trafford so I'd, I'd visited Old Trafford before a couple of times the dad had taken yeah. me to do a couple of stadium tours and stuff oh, but we cool. never quite found the time or the money to be able to go to a game so we went up to, to to that game and that was the first game and again when it comes to watching live football um and your first spectacle and I, I know you and I were talking um, earlier just in terms of like setting expectations yeah. for me that was amazing six goals well seven including the one from Sheffield Wednesday yeah. um, a couple of crackers Solskjaer I think put I think Solskjaer uh, put one into the top corner um, and I think the other goals were if I'm honest I think Kevin Pressman dropped a couple of clangers I think he was culpable for a few of them which uh, which was probably quite common of the time but I'm sure he was like that throughout his career to be honest in the 90s <laughs> Yeah, but it was you know Beckham was on the rise. Um, wow. Sheridan was in the, was new in the team. Cole was there. I think it was the season before York joined. Um, star Gig- star studded team though, right? Giggsy King, Scott. Yeah, it was. It was you know the, the foundation and, and and the core element of what was about to to be the United for the next sort of five or six years. You know, um, and and it was exciting. The, the, you know, we were regularly winning games sort of like that and, and almost that 
yeah, we played really well, but there was even like some really patchy elements in it, but we could still turn it on when we needed to and wipe a team away with with, with six six one and create that really positive buzz um around the ground. And yeah, I remember loving it. Um and, and I also remember uh, I have this real vivid memory of being outside the ground afterwards and um hearing the fans chant and yeah. the noise and hearing hearing the odd comment from fans here and there that I've not been exposed to that type of football language before. <laughs> um, certainly some words that, uh, uh, some expletives that i definitely not been um, around so much. You, 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 you're, far, you're far too polite. This, whilst we've, we've probably been the politest too so far, should we say, we've recorded a few of these and everything else has turned to Fs and shits and should we say, very quickly and we've been quite polite so far and it's, it's no doubt that I'll drop the first one at some point to be honest. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, you're 100% right. I think one of the reasons why I enjoyed going football was, was for that reason as well is you get away and I remember hearing the first song, you know, it was... I think it was like to, 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 to a fat ref who went the fucking boys and stuff like that. And I was like, I was like, oh, I looked at my old man and my old man was going, go on, lad, you can have some of that. <laughs> Getting in on it at seven, eight years old and thought, I still can't go over that. You get outside the state and you get a clip around here for it when you get home. I was like, oh, exactly. Yeah. You're at football, you're at football. When you're at home, you leave it there, son. I was like, oh, bloody hell, fair enough. But yeah, you, you're dead right. And I was going to ask you about that. I was going to say, what did it feel like to go through those turnstiles? Because I think we all get those moments where, maybe not so more nowadays with the modern turnstiles, should we say, but the old turnstiles used to go through the click-clack turnstiles. Mm-hmm. You used to get that moment of going, oh, this is what it's all about. Because you, you get through there, the noise builds up, you start going up the steps, then all of a sudden the the stadium opens up, I suppose for your noise anyway, opens up and you've got the grass in front of you. And how did you feel when that, that happened? I mean... It's almost like utter disbelief. I think when we were there, we were in the um, north stand, which had not long been opened, um, and we were right up in the gods, right at the back. Yeah. Um, and it it was almost like dream come true territory because you, for, for me, I'd spent my whole time leading up to that moment, so I must have been nine or ten. Yeah. Um, but I. The only football I'd seen from United had all been on the telly, um, and I'd watched a couple of like local games and and, and whatnot yeah, around, but this was like the first time visiting Old Trafford, and it was just a another level, and you could feel it as you walk through the yeah, I know what you're about. the gangway, and and you you see everyone lined up, and and I suppose it's fortunate, you know, a club like United they they pack it out every week as well. So it, you get that full element that, you know, everything just seems so much bigger because the stadium is bigger, the, the number of people are bigger, um, the sound is bigger. Um, and yeah, it's just sort of like overawed with the whole thing. Um, and then once kickoff comes, you then just suck it into the game. It's like it, it's like everything else then, everything was sort of overawed and you disappears and you're just like focusing on the football and watching your stars for the first time in real life knowing that they were just just down there rather than through the tv screen um was was yeah was pretty magnificent it's it's, it's, a, it's a great little story like that in terms of of your experience i suppose and even though i'm not a united fan uh, you know it, it brings i think every football fan would go through that when you listen to talk about it and be passionate about your team hair standing up on the back of your yeah. neck when you talk about it and i had that i had that moment there where i was thinking oh from a, a fan talk about their first experience is great and i as I said, we spoke just off air about this and talked about my experience. I'm not going to go through it because it's not about me, it's about you. But yeah, exactly the same thing. I'm sure every single 
fan, football fan that went to their first game will have that sensation around around that piece of the country when they went to it. And it's it's not just the noise, it's the smells, the, the language, yes. the association of seeing the colours of stuff and the different away fans and what they bring to it. All that that goes through it. And it I think it's more poignant that we're doing these now, I suppose, and trying to go through this 92 after having that COVID season where lots of people either did it via Sky or from our perspective, we did it yep. on iFollow. Yep. And we were sitting there kicking every single ball, heading every single ball, but on the mm-hmm. sofa. And it's... It's it's so much better to be back inside a stadium and seeing things and being in contact with people and having that this interaction here. Even this is great because it's it's getting back to that level now where we can speak about stuff and understand it and get the people's passion back. And yeah, it, it probably has helped that I don't want to say it's helped that COVID's happened, but it's people's people's uh, desire to get back from a commentary point of view has been so much bigger from that from one point and two the fact that it's we're back at our own stadium after a few years away and it's, it's a big massive one for us and you talk about old trafford and saying this is how it feels i remember getting that at highfield road first time round, and then i can flip that and i've done it more or less again this season because we've been away for a fair few seasons where i've gone back to i'm yeah. still going to call it the rico right regardless it's going to be the rico to us yes. and i've gone back through there and i've got that feeling again because we're sat there we've packed it out i said packed it out packed it out for us Yes. And it's it's tight, it's got that noise, it's got that atmosphere, and it's built. And we've had the few results where there have been last minute goals and the buzz in that place afterwards where people haven't wanted to go and they've been clapping their fans off like we won the bloody league and we've yeah. just won a game in the last minute. And it's been absolutely amazing, to be honest. I'm sure as a United fan, you probably have more moments of those than, than I have at Carvlet's face facts. It's it's almost um cliche when they talk about the 12th man. But I think you can really see it. And certainly when you come off the back of the COVID year, um, it almost, you know, accentuates that thought because the home advantage wasn't necessarily as big as it was um, during that time because they were empty stadiums. Um, um, Now you've got all that atmosphere back in there, one that we could feel as a fan. You, You feel your value, your worth, your, you know, your sense of being, your belonging to the club. You feel that you can elevate your team on the pitch, certainly in those dying moments those dying minutes of the game and lord knows we've had enough of them in fergie time right but you know you you feel part of that family you feel that you can help you know you're gonna you're gonna help lift your six foot four center back to the header off the corner that's gonna win you a game or get you a point at the death like it's it sounds absurd but you'll feel it in there when you're there yeah. chanting away and absolute, singing absolute along. cauldron, make it a cauldron, make the fans uh, be vocal with you, make the, the team hear you. And I think as, as Cov fans, I think we've we've done that every game we've we've been to home and away this year. And I'm fortunate enough to go to a few away games this season as well. And it's, nice. it's been ridiculous. You know, we went to Blackburn away and the noise we created there was only was three and a half thousand, was but out some those guys. And uh, we went to Luton and oh, miserable night. We, we lost 5-0 at Luton, but we we didn't stop all night and I thought it, it speaks volumes that it shows you exactly what you're on about it's it's trying to create that that atmosphere regardless win lose draw you're there for the team and there for the players and yeah we're, we're doing far better than we expected so it's yeah it's it's nice to know that it feels exactly the same for other fans as well and it's not just I suppose me looking at that thinking that as well I would I would be an idiot if we didn't segue and look at some of the stuff that we're probably a bit more renowned for on, on Twitter, which yep. is which is which is shirts, and we could probably speak all night about shirts, to be honest, mate. Um, but I look at United and I think they had some great 80 shirts, they had the Adidas stuff, they had the sharp sponsor. Yep. In in the, you know, there's that snowflake shirt in 91, I think it was, which is 
a, a monumental shirt, regardless of me being a City fan. Um, you move into the 90s to 2000s, you had, that, you had the Umbro kits with Sharp and Vodafone on it. And again, you, you can picture these as United's, you know, kits because it's so they're so vivid, regardless of who you support, you can picture Agreed. these quite easily. Yep. You go to you go to what mid no early two thousands. You move to to Nike for until late two thousand and fifteen. Is it or not that? Uh, then, yeah, around that time. Yeah, and then you're back with Adidas now, and you, you've sort of gone full circle. And there's, there's some replica shirts that are coming out now. I suppose the is it a, is it a third shirt? Is it the way shirt? You're going to correct me on this, but it's more or less an imitation of that snowflake shirt, and that's sort of back this season, isn't it? Yes. Out of out of all those shirts, I'm not going to ask you for your favourite right now. We go, out of all those shirts, which one was your first shirt that you owned, mate? First shirt that I owned was the uh, <clears throat> was the black 93-95 shirt. So the classic yeah, uh, yellow shark yeah. and was yeah, exactly. And it's the sometimes affectionately known as the Kung Fu Cantonar <laughs> yes. kit. Um yes. very, very iconic for that um terrible moment back in the nineties. Um, and funnily enough, uh, the this year's third shirt is loosely modelled on it. I say loosely because the this year's third shirt is it, probably a lot more bluer um, yeah. th- than it was from before. But you can certainly see where it's taken from. And it, some fans, I, I, not, I, did, I, didn't, I didn't know it. that was modelled on that one. To be honest, mate, I must admit. I, I, first, so me speaking to you, it's the first mm. time that I've you, either whether you put it out on Twitter and I've just ignored it, mate, because it's a main night. Come out for days. I've had my night again. Um, or it's just, <laughs> I've just, I've, yeah, I've just completely just cast it out of my mind. But that I've picked up on the snowflake shirt and I've not picked up on that black one at all to think it's anything like it. That's is he's going down to pick it up here, or he's clearly going to have it yeah. in hand. I'm aware that it's um, a podcast. So nobody can, nobody can see what he's doing, but it's just, yeah, just dropped down to pick a shirt up. So I'm, I'm guessing he's going he's gonna to pull this up for me so I can see that, it. That's the, that's the third shirt there. So um, I'm holding up the, the, the blue third one, and you can see the, the notes of the, the, the yellow in the, yeah, in the stripes yeah. and the shoulder and the, the black that sort of sits on the cuffs. And overall, it's it's a very blue shirt. Yeah, and this is what I mean when you say it's, it's a, a, a sort of loose replica of that. It's... I'm trying to understand how, other than the yellow. Oh, 100%, right? And you're not the only one who sits in that camp. And rather than it being, um, I guess, sometimes you see like direct copies or sort of modelled very closely to, I think it's more derived from the colour palette. So if I was just to try to hold up like a a bundle of the shirt together as opposed to any specific of the design. Yeah, it's that little V bit, is it? it? And that's obviously the blue. I can can get that, yeah. I can understand where it's coming from. And you can start to see somewhere, yeah, where so, some of the colours come from. Certainly, if you like compare the cuffs, for example, yeah. up with the yeah, the loose colour palette and the colourways that are used. Yeah, certainly, you can probably say there is there is some similarities there. But yeah, the, the blue on it, and I, I look at United. United have had a fair few blue shirts over the years. Is is that something that United are a little bit? I don't know. Should we say tetchy with using blue because of the the, the cinema with with city or is it a case where it doesn't bother you not at all the, the 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 blue that we use and we have done for for many for many years decades but is um 
it's, it's quite a royal blue. It's it's quite deep it, and it's far away from sky blue. That would be sort of similar to saying, like, is your Coventry blue the same as Birmingham City's blue? And you'd be like, get out of here. We've, we've used notes of dark blue in our kits over the years, to be honest. And well, actually, that's it, a again, fair comment. Just, just doesn't really bother me if we use it, to be honest, because, uh, again, Birmingham don't give two shits yeah. about us and we don't give two shits about them. So yep. it's uh, <laughs> understandable then. But, yeah, of course, there's not that worry about the blue. Um, certainly not from my side and yeah anyway it's it's loosely loosely connected um, but to bring it back like the 93 95 that was the first shirt I remember my um, I think my mum and dad got it for me for for a birthday or Christmas I wore it to death like as most kids do with their shirts yeah, yeah. Um, and then um, I sadly grew out of it um, which is fine because that happens um, and the more sad thing about it was that my mum then gave it away to oh, uh, one of her, yeah, one of her mum, one of my mum's friends as, as like a hand-me-down. Oh, to, no. be, to be fair, at the time, I was devastated, but I think I also understood that it was going to someone else and it was getting more life out of it. However, with all of the other shirts that I then grew out of, I made a point and I didn't let my mum near them and I, 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 I kept them and, and, and held them away. So awesome. although I was understanding i was then not understanding to, <laughs> enough to then let her have any others um and it was actually this year that my mum decided to for for my birthday which was a couple months ago buy me the black kit from uh, from original as to to make it up because she she would always say that i'm trying to make up for lost amends here because you always remind me of how i gave away the first mm. kit and i felt mum guilt ever since and my mum bless her she 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 doesn't know how to buy a a, a proper football shirt, so yeah. unfortunately he had ended up buying a fake, which is oh. so awful. But the, but the thought was there, right? But the thought yes. was there, and it's 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 whilst whilst we all hate fakes, let's 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 put that on the line straight away. There's the, the thought the thought of her buying that and trying to go out and source that herself and buy the thought that's gone into that is amazing, and the fact she's gone out and done it, it yeah, you, your heart sort of breaks when you look at it and think, oh please tell me you didn't tell her it was a fake and you just you, you stuck it on at least once and said oh it's great thanks a lot yeah i mean the funny enough is that it was only about a month prior that i'd actually got my hands on an original um and i got that myself and i think i wore it down to classic football shirts um down in london when i visited their store earlier in the year and i was quite i was really happy to have it and i, I think I, I, I must have showed my mum um via a picture or whatever and so when I did open the present. My mum did say, I, I think you've already got this one, but I just really wanted to get you a, a version oh. of it. And yeah, she, she, I didn't, I didn't break it her heart. And to be honest, I'm not sure she would know or, or care whether it was fake or not. Yeah. I think it for her, it was the same as me receiving it is that it's all about the sentiment of it and pulling it back to, you know, my first shirt. So I've got a lot of affinity to it. Um, and what, what I'll probably do is, for those that follow the account, is I'll probably do a fake versus real because it's the perfect opportunity to sort of show the differences in them. And actually, 100%. it's always worth always always buy an original because you really notice the differences between them. Hundred percent, mate. And I, th I think we we can both speak about football shirts to to the cows come out, couldn't we? Here, yeah, especially about fakes and originals and what the what the differences are. And I'm sure people would love to see that, mate. So feel free to to stick it on, stick our. Uh, stick our username on there as well and we'll we'll retweet it as well for people to have a look at as well because it's it's something that would be interesting no doubt when we 
when we talk about football shirts, right, we, we cast your mind back to that first shirt. When you got that, talk to me about how you felt opening it up. Because that's a big moment, getting your first shirt, I think. It is. I, I can't recall. I can't recall opening that first shirt, in all honesty. Wow. Um, um, I do recall other counts afterwards. And, and I certainly recall the feeling of putting that shirt on every Saturday morning to go to my little football session yeah. and heading down with dad um, in in hand, ready to go and play a bit of football. And then we'd go for a, a, a little snack and maybe a little drink afterwards. And I loved those Saturday mornings. I lived for them because then after that, it was a bit of grandstand. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah just yeah. watching the, the scores come the, through. The old on, on the video printer. Yeah, the video printer. Uh, and then Sunday morning was a bit of football Italia. So, <laughs> It was, you know, that that for me is like '90s wrapped up, and and, and th- those are some of the feelings and, and you know, nost- nostalgic, um, you know, memories that that get that get triggered quite strongly for me. Yeah, um, I remember opening the, um, the it's the 2001, the uh, Umbro one. I think it was our first one with um, 2000, 2002 with Umbro. Uh, as our last last season as Umbro, Vodafone was our first sponsor since Sharp, and um, I'd I've been wanting a long sleeve shirt for a long time, but I didn't. My mum and dad had convinced me that they couldn't find one, and then when I opened it up, they managed to get hold of a long sleeve, and I was oh, wow. absolutely elated. It was it was amazing. It was I just I'd never had a long sleeve before, and I sort of thought, why have I not had? Why have I not had this before? This is amazing. Yeah, yeah I totally agree. I, that segues on really, really nicely how you've just come in with that with a question that actually got raised was on, on Twitter. Yep. It's probably by a lad that you, you probably follow and he follows you and he, I think he follows me as well. And he, he raised a question around, are clubs missing out by not offering long sleeve version of shirts this season? Um, I, I don't know if it's... I had a quick look because so I thought, are United not one of these elite teams that get them? Because I, again, I know I'll, I'll spout from my other team that I follow quite close and I love and I've got a massive affinity for and I'm wearing a top tonight and you'll probably know me as this as well, but boy, I'm mad. Um, I like a few others that, that I, I speak to and I know that Bayern have got long sleeve versions of their shirt available on the yep. Adidas store. Yep. Not that I've got them, but I was surprised when I looked through the United store that they, they didn't have them and I thought, why the hell have they not gone? So. No. Explain. <laughs> Can yeah. you explain? Yeah. So, with my connections in the Adidas marketing department, oh, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> I, I don't have the intel, the insight in order to uncover it. But it's it's disappointing from from a United um, point of view, and, and sometimes I feel potentially slightly blinkered because being in the the football shirt world, and um, I know that within the football shirt community, uh, there is a massive love for long sleeve shirts, and and quite clearly. Um, manufacturers and, and, and brands uh, have seen a trend that's probably to the contrary and that people prefer short sleeves. Otherwise, if long sleeves were preferential, um, I'm sure they probably would be making more because they make there's a bigger mark upon it, I guess, because there's, there's more material to be made and, and whatnot. But if the demand was for long sleeves more than short sleeves, then I'm sure they would have probably catered for that. Um, it's, it's a baffling one because um, some of the other top tier Adidas teams like Arsenal and Real yeah. Madrid and like you've mentioned Bayern Munich, they've and and it's not for 
anything around the patterns because yes United have some wild patterns on their on their way in third this year but so do Real Madrid look at Arsenal's third shirt this season you know I mean that, that instantaneous for me I look at that as a Bayern collector and lover and I've gone straight away I need that in long sleeve yes regardless I look at it yes. that's long that's a long sleeve crying all over it because design and I look at I look at United's uh is it there? Is it? I'm trying to think. The third shirt's the black one, so it's their away shirt, right? So that's the blue and white one, if yes, one. So I look at that, and that's no different to the Bayern one in terms of you want that. I see that and think, I would, if, if I was a United fan, I was going to wear a shirt. I'd want that, and I'd want that in long sleeve, and I'd want yes. a name set on it because it looked so frigging good at the end of the day. Spot it's, and it, it, it's perplexing, isn't it? That they've gone, why, why would you not offer United? So why are United so different? Are they not now seen as a top tier team for shirts? I don't think that's the case. I'm, I'm honestly not too sure why. Um, and there must be some product research or um, some marketing research that, that, that sits behind it. And I think one of the interesting things that we've seen from, from the United perspective is that you can get the home in long sleeve, but you can only get it in long sleeve uh, replica. You can't get it in long sleeve authentic. And when Ronaldo and um, Rafael yeah. Varane turned up, they loved playing in long sleeves. But they had to play in short sleeves at first in the authentics. And so clearly Adidas have gone away and then made them the authentic version. So the, the player spec ready ones in long sleeves for them. So you're thinking, well, if you're making it for them, just make it for everybody else. Because um, back to some of the, the collector's roots is that I, I certainly prefer the player spec versions over the over the replica versions. And there's probably a whole seg segue and probably spend a whole hour on the differences between those like we've already talked yeah. about the, the, the difference of fakes but when you start to look at the player spec versions and differences and then there's some that are available oh. and some not available it then just opens up these infinite avenues of different collection and it's oh, I'll tell you what, i'm not, I'm not even going to go down the authentic route and replica of mls that i like as well because that <laughs> is that is going to be a different level conversation is what i want to talk about but i, I digress I, i'm sorry to interrupt you but i had to stick that in there because just, just looking at Seattle Sounders stuff. Yes. Um, and uh, again, those that don't know, go check out the differences between the authentic long sleeve and a replica. And it would just astound you how different it is. But the cost value is, it, it, well, again, it's, it's monumental for long sleeve, uh, authentic. But yeah, it's ridiculous. But uh, you touched upon there saying United. So those two massive players that you saw in the summer, mm. and two of your star players, had to wear short sleeve because the long sleeve wasn't available. Is ridiculous to hear. Absolutely bloody ridiculous that they didn't. I, I didn't. To be fair, I've not clocked that until you said that now, and I, I rewound in my mind until the game of the night where yeah. he's wearing long sleeve, and I thought you are right. I saw him earlier in the season, yes. short short sleeve, yes. and but and I, I put it down to weather. To be honest, I thought oh, better weather, but you, you you're going to be right. You're going to be bang on because it's your club, so you'll know it. But yeah, I'd have thought that they would have been readily available. Click of a finger, there you go, Ronnie. Here's your long sleever. Yeah, I, I don't think they had anything. He, he didn't start wearing long sleeves until the second or third game in. And and it's quite, um, well, I think it's well Ronaldo, but Ronaldo typically always wears long sleeves. He very rarely wears short sleeves. So if you see him in, a, in any of the Portugal um, yeah, stuff as well, he's always in long sleeves. Um, whenever he's played for Juve or Real Madrid or United before that, almost always long sleeves. And I think when he joined, he was almost thrust straight into the first team that I just don't think the kit was turned around in, in that quick enough time, even for the, the 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 great man himself. And 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 he's such a 
you know, not only is he obviously such a great player and um, clearly like one of the best we've got already instantly back in our team, given his, his, his goal contribution. But he's obviously got that marketing off-field prowess as well that comes with it. So, yeah. you know, you'd expect a brand like Adidas to be tumbling over to make sure because of the power 100%. of it, because of what it, what it means therefore. And, and funny enough, you know, the, we're already feeling or seeing the effects of that because um, by by this time in November, we're already starting to see top team shirts on sale. We're starting to see discounts. Yeah. So you yeah. can go to many of the reputable retailers across the sites and you can already see um, uh, shirts down from £70, already down to 50 Arsenal's you can get around for about 45 to £50. So um, probably a note for everyone that's listening, but you don't always have to buy at full price. <laughs> you can find discounts if you buy them wait your time. Brilliant point you've just made there, Mike. So I was exactly the same thing is do not buy a shirt full price unless you have to, right? Because there is that many bloody discount codes out there or there will be those sales that you're after. And it's it's ridiculous. I know, I know people talk about this FOMO and I'll go, FOMO is not a fucking thing. I told you I'd say the first one and I'll get annoyed with it. You either buy it because you want it and you can afford it, or you just don't buy it and you wait. And we won't talk about that anymore because it'll get my back up quite substantially. I think I mean knows that as well. <laughs> um, yep, can see that one coming through already. No, but you, 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 yeah, you, you're right. Um, and um, the, the the point being is that um, bringing it back to United is that where you at the moment within certainly within the UK, you're not seeing the United shirts sales um uh, go go on sale they're still at full price um and that's across all of the big retailers wherever you look at because they're still feeling that ronaldo effect people still yeah. want to buy united shirts because he's joined the club and uh, do you know what? I, I suspect that effect is more so across europe because you will get fans of ronaldo because he's, he's one of the, yeah. the you know one of the game's greatest players certainly one of the modern greatest players and so and you, same with psg right again they're feeling the same effect because messi's moved to them none of their shirts are on sale at, at yeah. the moment um probably because they can't shift enough of them so usually typically around this time is when i start to make my first united shirt appear uh, purchases um because they start to come on offer yeah. and they start to get like maybe get the home first um but at the moment um I've only got the third, and that's because that was a gift um, from my birthday a couple of months ago. But apart from that, I'll, I'll be waiting um, for the for the right deal to. I'm no different, right? So I've got I've got none of the buying shirts. I'm still waiting on getting the third shirt from last year. You know, so it's it's that's still stupidly priced. I, I don't understand what that one is. That's still still like fifty quid for a third shirt from last year that's still got stock. And I'm like, you know what? Again. I pick up a lot of my stuff, like probably you guys do. You hunt through different sites, try to find it. And I'll find it cheap at some point. It's not a problem. But yeah, I've not purchased anything and I probably won't until the start coming down in price or I get a nice discount go through the likes of uh, Adidas, should we say. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll talk about, so I'm going to ask you about your current shirts mm-hmm. quickly. And then I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm literally going to go back on myself because I've missed the complete question out that I really want to find out what your favourite shirt is overall. But we'll talk about current shirts. So you've got loads of current shirts. We've talked loads and long and hard about them. Out of the shirts you've got this season, which is your favourite? Out of this season shirts? This season shirt, uh, do you know what? I, I love all, all three that we've got this year. Um, big, big fan. I, I like the fact that with the home shirt, we've gone back to more of a basic red. It's sort of based on sort of our 60s. Yeah um kits with the sort of the, the the chunky round collar but just this base level red um and and it's nice and i'm sort of happy with i think um phil dells calls it the like almost like the pendulum effect and that one year you might go for a bit more of a 
um, a bit more of an out there home shirt and then the next year you play it safe and the next year you, you try something a little bit different and certainly like last year we had the um the bus seat home shirt i think yeah. might be fair to describe yeah. with, the, with, the, with the speckles i liked it because it was different and i was cooked I, I thought it was about time we went some some tried something a little bit different and this year we've gone back to something a bit more classic and i like it i'm happy there I love our away. I think that it's. Um, I like that it's based on the snowflake from yeah. from 1992, um, which is such an again an, another massive iconic shirt. It was before yeah, my time, but it just looks fantastic. It's very of its era, probably a bit ahead of its time, mm. but. I like the fact that Adidas had taken what was their own template and have put their own spin on it with more like harder ge- geographic, geometric yeah. style lines. Um, but they've got the colour palette right with the with the blue and sort of the cloud white amongst it with this like um it's not red, it's it's like a really it's hot pink is not a way to describe it. Somewhere in between that, but it's not it's definitely not red and in but it's this sort of like vibrant pink that makes it really like stand and like pop on the shirt and then there's the third which we've already talked about yeah. and because it's loosely based on the 93 95 and my close affinity with that particular shirt given it was what it was my first um for me that just adds up like i think this is probably my favorite trio in a long time also they're really solid time. yeah they're really really solid shirts i mean i don't want to sort of go back to the the classic united home as we talked about it and some people might look at that and think simple, right? And mm-hmm. I think this is where my talk of Bayern comes into it because obviously it's a red shirt and people go, oh, red shirts. And Bayern always get it right. They always go, you've got boring home shirts. I, I, I totally disagree with you. I totally disagree. Every Bayern shirt that's been home shirt, it's been classic, it's either been simple, it's been a little bit more edgy. And yeah. you look at some of them and think, classic. Sometimes if it's just red, it's just red, but it can be classic and done well. And I look at United shirt this year and I go, you know what? It is a nice shirt, regardless, and it's it is probably better in long sleeve than in short sleeve. And I would I would say that the two of the three kits, two of them are, should be really well done in long sleeve, and they need to be done in long sleeve. And the other one is the black one. It's a, and that's that is probably a short sleeve shirt for me. And but you're right. I look at United shirts, and I think when have they had such a strong trio of shirts? I I'm struggling to think of them as well. You're probably going to go. This is the next three that I could think of, but I'm I'm struggling. I'm struggling for a long period of time of thinking. There's nothing there. I'm looking, I could probably delve back through and think there's nothing of the Nike era that comes to mind. And the only two that I could probably challenge it is probably based on templates, the total 90 template stuff that I actually like. But again, as a trio, don't, did you have a third shirt that year? I was, if it was, it was probably a different colour, I can't think of it. Uh, yeah, we, we did back, like, you know, for there was a, there was a blue shirt. Um, yes, yeah. We have one of those, and it it was it was you know in that that era from about like twenty years ago, that fifteen twenty years ago, that was the type of era where you'd have a home and away, and then the next year your away would become your third. Yeah. So you it would roll on again, and and, and in some instances, it, from a collection collection point of view, you there's a couple of shirts where they're the same design but different sponsors, where they straddle yeah. over the, yeah, that period. Yeah, I've got that with buying shirts as well, hundred percent. I've got more or less the same shirt just different sponsor on it i'm like i've got this shirt three times probably because it's been used in three different seasons i've got it i've gone like i've got that i'm like oh dear but it's, it's one of those isn't it it's, it is funny that we talk about this and I, i'm going to sort of talk about you talk about a little bit and move away from this season and go let's think about your history of collecting united shirts could you pick one singular favorite out of that or is that going to be too hard for you oh um 
Yeah, that that's tricky. I mean, the easy the easy one to say it is the the night three night five that I picked up, and, and not just because because of that affinity and what we've already covered on the ground mm-hmm. already, but the process of attaining that shirt um, took a long time. Yeah. Um, and I probably picked up collecting or re, like recollecting and, and going back to, to, to the 90s, probably about I don't know, a couple of years ago, just sort of just before lockdown, about a year or so, six months before your lockdown. And um, the thing is with United shirts and, and 90 shirts together, as you'll know, is that they come with a high price tag. Well, yeah. One, because United are a, a well-loved club um, and two, because just garments from that era are less in circulation and that there is a market for them and so if i was to go on the classic football shirts i could pick one up you know I, they're available anywhere so i could like i said I could go to classic football shirts and i could pick it up and it would be 200 quid yep. and easily pick one up but i ain't got that type of money to throw about so for me it was about the process about the chase about trying to find the the right deal at the right time from someone that's willing to part at the right money that i'm willing to spend and i, I managed to find it uh, uh a very reasonable price um like a fraction of 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 200 from a, 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 a another united fan who was just happened to get rid of some of his 90s stuff and just wow. you know and he was happy to let it go with that plus a, the 96 97 blue one and yeah combined i think the two of them were around about the 100 mark which for me wow that's amazing yeah was 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 amazing and, and again it was it was nice to buy it from another united fan I know that he didn't just buy it to sell it on. He yeah. had it because he loved the club because he loved those shirts. He just got to that point or that time and he was like, I don't need them anymore. Or I think he was moving or whatever it was. So it was nice. It felt like they're going from one other place to another. But it's, it's all about the process and stuff like that for me. And, and so that sort of... I, I, totally, I totally get you with that, right? There's, there's other people out there that will be listening to this thinking, I, I don't get what he's on about. But I, I totally get you. Um, I've, I've been there with cough stuff. I've been there with buying stuff. You know, it's chasing down those little obscure ones that you can't find. I know I'm still itching to to get a parcel that's coming on its way to me from Poland that's... It's a 2010 Bayern Munich shirt. And everybody be thinking, oh, God, that's nothing special. You're right, it's not a special shirt <laughs> at all. But the fact that I've not been able to get it since, I don't know, probably for the last four years, has been ridiculously hard for me to track it down. I've now in its way, and I'm now itching to get it because it's that one that, basically, from a Bayern perspective, it, it's, got a, it's got a sponsor on it. You go outside, the wind blows it, and it blows the sponsor off. So you, you, can, <laughs> you cannot find it for love or the money anywhere with sponsor intact. And I stumbled across it the other day, and I was like, I'm just buying it. I'm like, fuck this, I'm, I'm having that. And I'm you know, hearing the stories like that from the collectors and people that love their team is, is great because you've got what you wanted. And it's, yeah, that whole process of trying to find it, track it down, get a price you want. It's nice that you've had it from, I would say, you know, United fan that's passed it on to, again, it, it's one of those feel-good factors that... And I look at it from a point of view, we, we go right back to the beginning when you talked about your shirt. Yes, your mum gave your shirt away to somebody else that's going to love it. Yes, you bought this one and paid for it. But again, the same feeling is going to be passed down to you. You're going to get a massive amount of gratitude out of this. And now you wear it with pride, no doubt, and love it. So, yeah, I understand completely. And I can understand why that that would be the favourite shirt. It, it, it makes total sense, mate, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. of course. And a, a, a close second is the uh, is the white um, away one that we wore in 98-99. And um, again, I think there's another Sharp View Cam one. I'm sure it is. I'll look just to verify. Yes, it was Sharp View Cam in, in red. Had the black stripe, red stripe. Um, 
and again, it's iconic for me because it comes from the great season when when we won the treble. And and shirts are synonymous with those moments, right? When yeah, you win yeah. stuff or totally key moments, big games. That's when you start to remember them. And that one, you know, the big game for me was the Arsenal set cup semi final. Yeah, yeah. No way you're going with that. Yeah. And to be fair, you talked about that. You know what? Goosebumps up my arms. I'm not, you know, I'm not a United fan, but it's one of those moments where you think as a football fan, you know it, and instantaneously you can click your fingers and think. It doesn't matter where you were, you know about yes. that moment. And you yes. can say that that's the goal. And people that are off that air will go, yeah, I know that straight yeah. away. I know that goal. I know what happens. I know the celebration. Yeah, exactly that. And the way that he he, he picks up the ball is, I think it's from in his own half, if not it's very deep in the Arsenal half. And he goes, glides past one, glides past another. I think he's got Keown twisting this way and that way. And then he hammers the ball with his left foot in that hot corner. I just, that, and the whole game was like it was toe to toe. Like Arsenal were one of our big rivals at the time, um, and they were for a number of years, all the way from mid nineties to you know right up to to twenty tens ish. And yeah, it was it had everything on the line, and we had a penalty and a penalty save from Schmeichel, and then yeah, that that goal just typified. And 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 for me, you know, it becomes iconic and becomes cherished and loved in my collection. The what I would love to have is the long sleeve version of it. Because I'm sure Giggsy wore the long sleeve version of it that night. That would be fantastic. I'm sure Giggsy was stuck in his arm as you're celebrating. That's it. I, I can, he can yeah. imagine it. I can imagine him doing yeah. it, and waving it around his head. Yeah, and I, I totally understand what that that spot where it's up there. And I'm, I'm gonna, oh, as much as I like speaking about shirts, I'm, I'm gonna have to move away from it. Yes. We'll, be, we'll be here all night stuck on the same thing, right? And I think it's probably wise we do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna move on to this season, right? This yes. this season has been. Which was an indifferent start, or probably the best way of putting it, rather than saying it's a shit start. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think, where are you? The fifth in the league at the moment, I think won five, drawn two, lost three, I think, off the top of my head. Um, yeah. Lost to Villa Leicester, do I dare say Liverpool? Into it very quietly in case you, um, you start I think shouting. No, there's, there's quite a. I've got quite a blackout in the part of the back end of October. <laughs> I'm not really sure what happened, if I'm honest. I'm, I'm, yeah, and, and then again, so what's what's going on this season, mate? What's what were your expectations before you started the season? Considering you signed the like of Sancho, Varane, Ronaldo, and then you've got all those attacking fair players that you already had. You've got Rashford, you've got Martial, you've got Greenwood. I'm, I'm going to miss somebody out, no doubt. You've got Pogba, you've got Maguire, you've got De Gea, you've got all those players. Mm. So I'm just going to go, what did you expect? Because I'm not a United fan, but I expected more. Yes, yeah, sure, no. Look, we've got a fantastic squad. We've got some incredible players. Um, we've had probably one of the best transfer windows that we've had in in a long time um it's funny listening to some pundits or um, uh, you know other critics um even just friends down the pub who say you know is it the ronaldo effect has he you know is there a is he um because you've brought him in you're, you're now having to force him in your team and that's affecting the way you play for me i don't think that's the case i think that if you um replace Dan James with Cristiano Ronaldo in any team, uh, that's a massive enhancement. No matter it's a, it's that, a no-brainer, that one, right? Yeah, of course it is, right? And Joe, you know, I, I, I like Dan James. I'm 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 sad it didn't work out. I think actually there was a bit too much he he ended up having a great start for us in the first couple of months. And I think that almost falsely put his expectations through the roof. I think that he was always trying to 
be at a level that he he wanted to be at a level that he wasn't quite there at. And I think probably pressurised himself too much. And that's what comes with playing with a big club, right? Some players can handle it, some can't. Unfortunately, it didn't work out. I, I think he will end up being a fantastic player. It's just now isn't the right time. I think maybe a few years down the line. Back to this season. Um, yeah, we've got a fantastic squad. Um, did I think we were good enough to win the title this year? Uh, not quite. Reason being is that um, I still don't think, even with all the new players and stuff, there's still an element of unknown how we how some of them would gel, how we would go through, and there's still an element of looking at some of the games and the fixtures and the, how we played last year. There was still a lot left to be desired from some of those games, um, and and certainly a lot of room for improvement. You look at the likes of Liverpool, Man City, and the style they're playing and, and the way they play consistently well. Um, and Liverpool, I think, had a bit of a blip last year where a few other games aside, like when they got tanked by Villa, but they were drawing some games were actually there and the stats backed it up that they were actually playing pretty well. They just weren't putting the ball in the back of the net. And that's the biggest stat that matters when it comes to, yeah, to, to winning football games. Um, it was only going to take a couple of things to click for them to get back into form. Van Dijk coming back, huge. Um, Salah now like back into proper decent form and beyond, yeah. absolutely elevated. And it, just those couple of things is all, all they needed. I feel like United need many things um, to help them on their way. One of those is players and squad. And with that comes that great expectation. But like I said, I still think those teams are there. I also think that Chelsea with, with Tuchel, who's um, a, clearly a great coach, helped mastermind and win the, the Champions League final within his first few months, helped settle a squad that, you know, at the end of that season, um, Lampard had that team, they looked bang average. Um, Tuchel pretty much had the same squad and made them look like world beaters. And, yeah. and that's the difference that the coach can make. Now, moving into this year, I definitely thought we would be doing better than, than what we were. Um, I think we should be beating teams like Southampton. We should be beating teams like Villa. So much so that if we had those extra points on the board, so that those extra five points, the mauling by Liverpool, I mean, it was never going to be easy to take, but it probably wouldn't have put the same pressure on Oli and in fact, he could have just said, look, that was a really, really bad day at the office, but we are picking up points on the board elsewhere and we will be there, thereabouts at the end of the season. The problem that he's got now is that he can't get the points against the big boys, which he's, he did very early on in his tenure at United. He was great against the big six. and But now he's not getting that, rubber the green. And neither is he picking up the points against elsewhere in the table where the likes yeah. of Liverpool and Man City will. And that's where, over the course of the season, the biggest gaps will be. And if we carry on the way we are, we're going to look at ourselves and, again, probably falling outside of the top four if we're not careful. But, um, yeah, realistically, I would hope that we could have been going for the top two, top three outside chance of the title if things had landed well like things had fallen right but being realistic I, I think that we I was hoping it was more like a stepping stone for maybe the year after might have been the title push maybe 22 23 might have been the title push year but without having a good step this year um I think that makes that target even harder yeah and you talked about Ollie in that and yes, it, I, I'm going to ask a very blunt question: Is he mm. the right man for United? Uh, I'm unsure, and uh, I'm really torn on it because um, I want it to work out, and I always want yeah. to back my manager as best as possible. Because 
you know, they're the guy that's in charge. You want to be able to believe them and back them. Um, I do think there are some things that are highly questionable, and I also find it, I also get the, the I suppose, the almost, the, I'm not quite sure what the word is for it, but the fact that I'm sat here and never coached a Premier League football team in my life, but yet I seem to be an expert on his job, you know, that's okay. That's every football fan, right? It is, it is, right? I suppose it comes with the territory. It'd be, and I work in marketing myself, but I could imagine someone criticising a marketing plan that had never touched it before and me <laughs> thinking like, well, what do, you, what do you know about marketing if you've been the postman all your life or a milkman? Like, but do, do you know what? Like, everyone's yeah, got yeah, an opinion. Okay, yeah, it counts for something, but they might not know the, the, the specifics. But do I think he's the right man for the job? I think in order to get us to the, to the next level and to win trophies, I'm not sure he is. I think the evidence probably... Um, already exists in terms of us. We were in a, um, the Europa League final last year against Villarreal and we didn't win that. And yeah. we, again, on paper, stronger squad. And we should have won that game, but he was um, tactically outfought by Unai Emery um, and to, yeah. for us to, to, to lose on penalties. And, and, and it never really looked like that game was going to swing our way. It was a drab game, to be honest. Let's face it. I, 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 watched, I watched it and I just thought, he's got the players that could go for it here and change the game. And if he just attacked and he just sat there. And I think was, I think Scott McTominay was your best player that game. And that says something. I'm sure he was the best best player on the park. And I thought, if he's the best player on the park, you've got issues. Yeah. And, and it wasn't because it wasn't because it was a defensive masterclass against a big team. And yeah, exactly. it, was, it was because the players who should have been making the names for themselves and lighting up the big stage weren't pulling out the stops or wouldn't be able to create it. And, and, and that's the thing is that I think that potentially another coach um, might be able to get more out of the current squad that we've got. And like when we started talking about this season, it was all about, you know, we do have one of the best current squads. It's come off the best transfer window. And in order to do that, you probably need a coach to say able to match them and to take them through. So, I, yeah, unfortunately, I don't think he's right, but I want it to work. And for every win that we get and that he pulls along and um, pulls out the bag as we go along this road, I keep hoping and thinking, is that the corner? Is that the moment? Can we turn it in? It's a tricky one because he can find pockets of form and he can get us on little runs and he can, he does seem to galvanize the squad at times, but has he done it to the level where United should be debatably not yet. And he, not that he's ever hidden behind it, um, but you could have used it as an excuse. But when he first joined as well, you were able to say that it's not his squad. Wait till he brings in the players. He's now three years in, We've made the changes that required. He's he's had the support that he needs. Um, he's got plenty of high quality players at his disposal. Many of whom would walk into lots of other Premier League clubs, top league clubs, even top you know top tier clubs across the world into the starting 11s. And you you just have to expect a bit more, bit quicker football, bit more attacking, create more one to ones, create more big chances. Um, the fact that we constantly go a goal down is surely detrimental to the play that we need, knowing that actually every single game we've got to score two or three. We can't, it's not within our capabilities to, you know, 
play badly and grind out a one the worm from time to time. We have to always fight back and do it dramatic. And um, it sometimes gets uh, a little exhausting uh, in that way because you think, well, if you're going to score two or three goals, just don't concede the one at the first and just put them to the sword. Make a make a statement. Um, but yeah, it's uh, and unfortunately, it's not just conceding one goal as we know against Liverpool and Leicester, <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, I, I think the big thing for me is, is that does it does he get backed in January in your minds? And if if he does, who would you like to see him bring in? Great question, and I I think what we probably miss is a, a really decent defensive midfielder, totally um, someone who away. someone who sits in front of that back four because we've brought in the defenders that we need. Um, like Varane is a is a huge signing. He's a class defender. He, he, I think him and Maguire are a, a great centre-back pairing and I think the more they play together, the better they'll become. We can't argue with the front line that we've got. There's pace, there's power, there's finishing, there's goals and we've got it in depth. Like you've already mentioned, you've got Sancho, Rashford, Greenwood, um, Ronaldo, Cavani, Bruno sat in the number 10 behind that. So you've got six world-class players, quality players sat up there. Um and the weak link appears to be in that defensive midfield, and we always go with the McFred option. Um, but I'd quite like to see one player command and own that role, so that you can then have an an eight and a ten in midfield, rather than having like what feels like two defensive midfielders. So you you don't have to compensate so much in the attack. Now, I think I would have really liked, and I'll probably do his name in just a bit. Cam is it Camavinga or Camavinga? I know, I know you're on about yeah. The the, the Real Madrid lad. Um, but I wouldn't mind seeing someone like um, uh, like Basuma seems um, a little bit in that role. Uh, but is it a step too much? I don't know. But you look at like, you're almost trying to find the next Kante. Because yeah. that guy's a machine and he runs for days. He reads the play well. He's, he, he recycles the ball incredibly well. He he contributes a, a lot from, from all, like, all over the park and, and even chips in with like two or three goals a season. And you know, the fact that Leicester picked him up for next to nothing and he won the league. And then Chelsea picked him up for, what, about 30, 35 million. Absolute steal, having just won the league and then then won the league with Chelsea the, 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 following, the following season. Yeah, well, um, back to back, yeah. And then, you know, that's the type of player you're looking for. And it, I, I could be wrong. So it's assuming the next one in that mould, potentially, maybe. But that's the type of player I'd like to see. I mean, we're never getting Kanzi. I get it, but that's... That that that's that's the area, and that's who I'd like. I, I think it's a, it's a it's a really great summary on on your your thoughts of the season. To be honest, it, it let's see how it pans out. Um, if he gets backed in January, he's here to stay for me. If he doesn't, then I think the writing's on the wall, Folly. Yeah, um, there's also an element of alternatives and being a little bit realistic because um, if you go and chop and change now. You have to look at the available candidates that are going to come in and be able to do the job because otherwise you just it looks like a rudderless ship and you know you can, if we end up just having someone from the backroom staff take charge it's the same as, as Oli being there because that's his men and they're all sort of from that same ilk they've all cut from the same cloth in that sense so overall i don't think it would change it would just look like a clueless decision made by the board so unless there was uh, a better alternative at the time, then I think at the moment 
that card is probably doesn't need to be played. Like Conte's just moved to Spurs. He was probably the most eligible candidate. If I'm honest, I don't even I don't think he was right. I don't think I'm too keen on having Conte. But now that Spurs have taken him, there's no one quite ready there to take the place. Give it another six months, that will completely change. For sure. There'll be other managers back on the market or ones that'll be considering it, ones that are rising. Um and, and people talk about some of the up and coming managers in the league at the moment in the Premier League. Like Graham Potter gets quite a lot of talk, talked about quite a bit, and, and, and rightly so. He's doing great stuff at, at Brighton, and, and, he, and he got them playing well last year. Just couldn't quite get the points on the board to match it. But the you know the the stats outside of that, like XG, were were, were quite um, were, were quite positive for him. But I'm not saying Graham Potter is the next United manager. By the way, there's, there's a quality manager at West Ham. No, I've never heard of him. <laughs> and I think that's probably a good time to stop about the current season, isn't it? Really, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's it's a really good point. Actually, I'm I'm chuffed for for Mo- for Moise because um, moving from Everton to Man United is that same, and that's where sort of going with like that that Graham Potter thing is that he was clearly doing a great job at Everton. It got them performing, and I mean, not always fantastic, but it got them achieving more than probably where they should have been at, and and it's certainly before the era and that in it was probably a step too big um and and it looked like it would be for potter because the, the types of egos and types of players he's managing there they would probably just look at him and go you don't know how to manage at this level like sure you're a good manager at brighton look at look at your stats but you don't know how to manage ronaldo ronaldo wouldn't take it i don't think bruno fernandez probably wouldn't right I, and again i'm being very um, judgmental and obviously clearly don't know the guys or not but I can just imagine if you're a professional at that highest level you, you've you won you've got World Cup winners in that squad you've got European Championship winners they're not going to take that likewise I think that's what Moise struggled with when he came into that and then he's gone on his own sort of finding journey across Spain and then back in the, in the UK for a little bit but he's found his mojo again he's found what's right he's got the right he's in at the right club he's in at the right level and he's got a team of very good footballers, couple of world class in there, but he's got the sum greater than the um, than the parts, right? I've done that metaphor terrible, but I think you know where I'm going with it. Yeah, I do, yeah. He, he's he's got them performing regularly. He's got the the atmosphere there. He's got the footballs actually tremendous. He's utilising his best weapons like his Declan Rice's to its fullest extent. And by the way, a Declan Rice is what I wouldn't mind seeing. That's the mould that I'm talking about there. Um, he That's the perfect player. That's that's the, the ideal. Again, could Moises take the, the step up? And I'm not saying he would come back and I'm not saying we would want him back either, but could he step up to another tier, even if it was like a Liverpool, Arsenal, um, Chelsea, Spurs? I don't know. I, I think maybe he's the, the ceiling, his level is there, and good on him. Like he's doing, he's doing wonders there, and um, yeah, fair play to him. So let's talk about happiest memory supporting Manchester United. There's yeah, be loads. Yeah, there's a lot, but an easy one for me is the the '99 final. Um, I remember you had to, well. to rub it in again, didn't you? Yeah, I did, but it's it's. I remember the euphoria. It was it was a crap game. We were we were one 0 down. Um, Bayern were the better team that night. I remember Yanka, Carsten Yanka hitting the hitting the crossbar, yeah. um, and then in a mad two minutes. And whenever I see that video clip, I know what's coming around. That's a proper. I got it now. Hairs on the back of my neck. Seeing that ball arrive in the box, Schmeichel just sort of 
in and around, which would have been, you know, the proper fairy tale. Your keeper comes up and scores that moment. I imagine. But then Sharon scores and then Solskjaer flicks it in and just, uh, you know. Pandemonium starts. Yeah, and Sammy Kufur just devastated. And, and you were minutes away from a deserving European triumph. And somehow we stole it and snatched it at the end. But the ecstasy was was unreal. Yeah, I, I, we're gonna we're gonna flip straight from that yes. and and go straight to lowest ebb support in the club. Is, uh, is, is, is it simply Ferguson leaving? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it was the end of what was a, an incredible era. Um, yeah, couple of low memories. That five 0 to Liverpool was one. There's another. Oh, we lost to Spurs six one was terrible. We got got banged against Newcastle five 0 back in ninety five. Yes, that was particularly low. Great chip from Philip Albert, by the way. Um, and we've we've been battered by City recently as well. I think we got battered six one two three or four seasons ago. And, got battered and, by Cov three two and two 0 at the Theatre of Dreams. So the, the two 0 was at the Theatre of Dreams. The three two was at Highfield Road. But absolutely battered by Cov. They must be low lights. They must be highlights for me. Clearly, low lights for you. <laughs> Had um, to get it in the north. Darren Huckabee uh, there. The uh, the other one um, was forfeiting our FA Cup appearance. I think. Was it in two oh, thousands, okay. whatever. Yeah, so that was the World Club Cup, was it? Yeah, so it must have been in the year two thousand, the season afterwards, and we, we, yeah, we 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 forfeited our, our our place in it, and that and that was embarrassing because we should have played youth teams or whatever, and should have at least did it. We 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 shit on that trophy, and that's that's embarrassing because for me, the FA Cup is one of the you know the standout ones for cup trophies and domestically, it's it. I think it's head head and shoulders above others. Of course, I'm going to be biased because I'm English myself, but yeah, I'm, that I'm, was a I'm low totally moment and, a, and an, embar- an embarrassing moment. Yeah, and I, I, I totally agree. I don't I don't think anybody's done it since, have they? I don't think there's anybody that's sort of pulled out of any major tournament like that since, or probably will ever again. No. I know Liverpool fielded a, a massively weakened team, but even so, they stayed in they, it. They stayed in it, yeah. And Correct. It, so it's, yeah, it's, it's one of those. Talk about notable former players. I know you've mentioned loads. If we talk about your favourite ex-United player if you can you name one player two players max we say your favourite players that have played for the club and I, I can think of I can think of loads right I can go I can go Bex I can go Cantona I can go Van Nistelrooy I can go Cole York Keane there's, there's that many Sheringham Solskjaer you can talk about all those players yeah plethora of players that have played for you that are absolutely outstanding I again I, I don't think I could name a favourite United player because it's they're not my team but there's loads of players you can pick from how do you choose one yeah, Jemba Jemba, Paddy McNair, <laughs> uh, Jesus Bebe. Um, you know, there's there's a, there's a ton of them. Yeah. You fell off my chair there, mate. <laughs> the, the easy one for me, uh, Bex. Um, yeah. He was right in that key period, mid-90s, just getting into football. New kid on the block. Swing left, uh, right foot, swinging in those balls into the box. Um, the half goal from the halfway line poster boy, all the rest of it, and the fanfare around him. But I've always been a massive Bex fan. I was gutted to see him leave the club back in 2003, out to Real Madrid. I understand why it happened. And, you know, long-term-wise, it was probably the best thing for for the club at at that time. It was a shame that the relationship with Fergie couldn't have been, like, um, smoothed over in that. But I think it, it was right. 
um, he went on to achieve great things with Real Madrid and in early Galaxy and, Par- and then did stints at Paris Saint-Germain and, and Milan. But everywhere he went, is amazing to, yeah. to see him. And England loved him and England loved his... He was in England, then he wasn't in it because I think Steve McLaren didn't want to include him in the squad, but then he was just playing too well. He had to bring him back and it was like the revival. He came back in and like, yeah, he just... Um, he, he he was one of the ones I idled and I wanted to be like if I was on the park I was I was trying to take free kicks and trying to bend it in like Beckham right totally get yeah totally get I think we've all been there um, yeah I know I've been there as well I made myself look a complete twat by falling over I think but yeah we've, we've all been there um, I, I can't can't touch upon past players or players without looking at some of the Coventry connections as I like to call it. Who are any players, should we say, or who are the players that stick out in your mind that might have some Cov connections? And I've, I've got some, certainly. And there's one past United player that's never played for Cov, but he's a big in United folklore, should we say. And you probably know where we're going to go with this one. And he's big because you're keeping Alex Ferguson in his job. And he's currently our king and our gaffer, Mark Robbins. He's, yes. he's, a, he's a big one, right? He, he, he can't go unnoticed. He's ex-United. He's a trainee, he came through, played, I don't know, 40-odd games, scored, I don't know, 15-odd goals and disappeared into the sunset of Norwich, I think, didn't he? Um, but he's he's massive. And I just want to take a few other ones off the top of my head. The only other big one I could talk about, and it's you're probably going to know I'm going to go with this one, is big Dion Dublin, you know, million quid, and he was our saviour for a fair few seasons. And I can't... I've got a few other obscure ones that are nomad players that are just, you know, Luke Steele, we had on on loan for you guys nice. um, for a couple of seasons. Eddie Johnson, who was a, he came, uh, played about 20 games. Neil Wood, who's back coaching United, I think, at under-18s level. So he came to us for a season. He was dying. Wow. Um, and I think the last one I could think of was Brown's brother, Reese Brown, and he was absolute shit. And he's not playing wow. anymore. And wow. that's the they're the connections that I think of. I don't know if you've got anything else on top of your head that you you know of. As if I'm going to put out anything better than that. Um, there was incredible. No, the, the big ones for me, I, I'd actually embarrassingly forgot about Mark Robbins, but the one for me was <laughs> Dion Dublin. That was the that was the standout. Um, from a personal perspective, connections with Cov. There's I have this um, odd one, but I remember David Bust. Oh yeah, and Breaking. I know boosting. Um, or boost, sorry, but I remember him. I remember him breaking his leg in that game. At, yeah. Was it at Old Trafford? But it I was remember, horrific. Yeah, remember getting. You know, I remember Schmeichel throwing up on the on the touchline. Uh, at the time, I was eight, nine, ten, something like that. I was. I made a little magazine and sent it off to David, and, and said to him, "I wish him well on his recovery." He sent me a letter back and said, and signed it, and said, "Thank you very much. That that was great." Because I felt so appalled from what I'd seen in all, all the rest around it, just at like eight or nine. And I thought I'll send him off something to help him as if like a little kiddie magazine would, would help much. But I'm sure that that plus uh, lots of other cards and well wishes probably. Um... It's amazing. It's amazing that you've got that. Such, I mean, I, I, I've played football with Boosty. So I've he played for most of their league team still, um, even though he's missing, missing half his calf. Um, he turned out for our pub team um, a couple of times because one of our lads works for City. Um, yes. So he, he turned out, he was still, believe it or not, whilst he, he couldn't run full power, he still had the presence in the house to be a very decent player at the back for us and, and made people look very, very silly still. So it's, it is quite a fitting one to, 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 to stop on that one because we've both got a little connection there. That's really nice that you've got that as well. The one that I'm going to finish with, and it's, it's people always talk about best players, and this is my baby, I suppose, on the pod, and I want to know people's worst 
five-a-side teams. Can you name me your worst five-a-side team for United that's ever appeared for you, even if it's a singular game? Mm, that's that's great. Uh, yeah, there's there's a few players, and I think I think if you start from the back, um, a goalkeeper, you've got to go Massimo Taibi. <laughs> I knew that was going to come out straight away. Just that it's, it's, it's that like the ball underneath the the arms and the body, isn't it? It squirts through his legs and just rolls, and he's got that look over the back of his shoulders, seeing it go in. Horrendous, to say the least. That one. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't was. disagree, mate. It was. It was. A, it was a big shadow to fill with Schmeichel's, um, and we tried it with many different goalkeepers, um, and he was one <laughs> that certainly did not feel much confidence uh, at all. He came with a big rep as well. I think he was quite well well renowned in Italy, but yeah, he did not last long. Confidence <laughs> was completely shot. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he would be in my worst team. Um... In uh, defence, 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 defence. Put you on the spotlight, and you're thinking, oh, no. Yes, because I, uh, yes, uh, defence. Let me think. I think, uh, ooh, I don't know. I'm going to go a bit further forwards. I'm going to go forwards. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Bebe. Um, okay, yeah. He, he, was, he was particularly poor for me. Um, he signed under. I think he's one of Fergie's only signings that he never bothered to watch. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And he was supposed to have been like or missold like what missold is like the next Ronaldo. And he he signed for like eight to ten million, and he barely played any games for the team he had played. And I think I feel a bit sorry for the young, but I think he's basically hauled around by an agent. Um. And then some more, uh, and then and then sold into us, uh, and it was quite obvious quite early on that he was not particularly great. Um, joining him at that end of the field, I'm going to go more of a, a recent one, but Alexis Sanchez. Oh yeah. Now wow. the thing is, Sanchez is a quality footballer, and he was brilliant at Barcelona, great at Udinese before that, very good at very good at Arsenal um, until sort of the latter part but when he came to us he was not at the level we wanted to be yeah downward curve and taking up a lot of resources and do you know what there's a few that fit in that bracket like Falcao another one um mm. Veron before that, and they're not bad players. You, you name another five here, though, mate. You're going to have a whole squad in a minute with me. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Di Maria, I could, you know, again oh. another one, right? Who's a big name that is, you know, the big name that could get thrown into one of the worst associated players of United. Which is bad to say that, you know, it's it's looking. But there is some big names there that you've thrown out. And you just think, God, yeah, you forget that they they appeared and did anything. But it's, it, it, it's, it's shocking to say this because I did say base it on, you can base it on one game, you can base it on 10 games, it doesn't really matter. And there was the lad that we spoke to last night, um, he's a Norwich fan, he said, believe it or not, and I, I completely forgot he played there. He goes, who's, who's in your worst team? He says, you won't believe the name I'm going to pull out now because I completely forgot he played there. He went, Harry Kane. Well, you know For Norwich City. Oh, Norwich City. Of course, Norwich City. City. No, yeah, he did. He was, he was on loan, yeah. 
Yeah, and he was like, I, was like, I could not remember that. And he was like, that's, that's it. I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. But yeah, you wouldn't expect it. But anyway, let's let's try to get back on track. So you've got Massimo and Goal, you've got Bebe, you've got Sanchez, that's three. You've got two left. Where are the two going? Gonna go with um oh it's you know this I've got a few names here. Um I'm surprised but, you're not dropped the double drop Jemba Jemba back in to be honest. But well he, he's there and basically the other midfield spot is either gonna be Jemba Jemba, Cleberson, oh. or Gabriel Obertam. Oh, that's that's so difficult to choose the worst out of that. And it, I mean, again, as an outside looking in, you, you know, I'd, I'd end up choosing Cleberson myself in that because of the reputation he had and what he did and the fact he won a World Cup. He did win a World it, Cup, very And he true. was absolutely shite. <laughs> he was, he was, he was, yeah, he was poor. He was very poor. Um but you're right, he did win a World Cup. And when he was in the Brazil team, he didn't look bad at all. Um, but, yeah, unfortunately, I think, I think I'm think i going to stick Obertan in that team because, again, he was someone that sort of looked and had all the promise. Um, but, again, just never delivered and just looked poor. And he then went on to Newcastle. And was equally poor. Equally poor. Equally poor. Um, one last, one last slot left, Tom. Where we, we, we pull a defender out there, the midst of the the head. Yeah, I mean, now, I mean, there's one defender that's always named as a, a terrible defender for United. And is, is it Robin Van Gaal? And I, I don't know if that's before your time, but there's a lad that he came over, played one game, and he just disappeared into obscurity. I, if you don't know of him as a United fan, Google him because he's one good. player. He's one player that I remember. And I think I think his name is that, and it, I'm sure there's a picture of him on a United kit somewhere. It's vividly in my mind. Feel free to check that one out. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to look at that one. I, yeah, I'll be honest with you. I don't think I know that one, so I'll, I'll take a look. But for me, the the two that are in my head, uh, uh, Butner, okay, and Marcus Rojo. But I feel a bit bad on Marcus Rojo because he he did star in our FA Cup final um, win back in 2016. Um, but he mm. didn't really cover himself in much glory thereafter. Um, and I was obviously recently gone back to, to Argentina with Boca. And uh, yeah, I mean, he'd be tempted to add Phil Jones into that mix, but um, I actually think he's been quite a, a reasonable servant over the time. Um, but yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm going to go with Butler because I think he came as a Butler, almost a backup left back. Um, and it, but all. Almost like I think was it maybe back back up to ever at the time, but almost with the promise of like he will become our first choice left back in three or four years time, and despite having a bit of a hammer of a left foot, which he very rarely brought out with any conviction, it just, I just think he was a terrible defender and not great going forwards, and I think he probably takes my final spot in the team. So that's Taibi, Butner, Obertan, Sanchez, and Bebe. And it, it sounds almost, you know, there's a few players now you've got questionable, but it, it, is a, it does sound a bad team for United, doesn't it, really? And I think, let's face facts, that sounds like a great place to, to, to finish tonight's podcast on how bad that is. All I can say is, Tom, you've been an absolute amazing guest to have on. I've absolutely enjoyed every single minute of this. 
it's been a great chat. If people want to follow you on Twitter Sphere and everything or Insta, if you're on Insta, where can they find you, mate? Yeah, thank you very much for having me. I've had a great time. It's been great to talk all things United and shirts and everything in between. Uh, yeah, if you want to follow us, uh, it's myself and Andy that run uh, at the Shirt Union. Um, yeah, and you can find us on Twitter. Um, so, yeah, come and give us a follow, interact with us, um, drop us a direct mail if you want to. But, yeah, come and follow us there and um, we can chat more football. Fantastic stuff, mate. I appreciate it. As I say, this has been Access All Areas. Thank you for listening and we'll see you soon.